Yeah, yeah. welcome back to the Ballman Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special guest here today, Olivia Jackson. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you. Driving down and seeing us. Um, I don't even know where to start with your story because she's just incredible. My, I just explained in beforehand that my memory of you in terms of what I what I knew about you was this, you know, badass stunt woman 10 years ago when I used to do a bit of stunts that used to do all this motorcycle racing and all this like crazy, you know, you were just able to just do all this amazing stuff. And it would always be, oh, Olivia's doing that or Olivia's doing this and she's done this film, that film. So I had a kind of, you know, interpretation of what you were like when you when you used to be a stunt performer um and obviously you've had this crazy accident that happened when did it happen when did it actually happen four years ago. uh it's seven years ago now oh uh, the last car i read said four so it must have been in 2020 okay yeah seven years ago yeah wow Just okay <clears throat> i mean i don't know where to start tell us tell us i mean should we dive straight into it and see, tell us what happened and, and how you you know how you went from being a stunt performer to then having this crazy, crazy accident on film and, and what happened in that, that was a, It was a huge life change because, <clears throat> as you said, I've always, like, I was extremely physical. I've always been physical. Sports has been a huge part of my life. I was a professional Muay Thai fighter for a long time. I didn't Muay Thai for, like, 20 years. Wow. Well, now, not back then. But, um, and motocross was, like, the love of my life. Sorry, right. Dave, but... I love motocross and I love stunts and, you know, like everything was on the app, you know, just just going from film to film and working with lots of good producers and stunt coordinators and actors and everything. And then I took on a, I was in South Africa at the time, just taking some time off and just riding motocross. And a stunt coordinator asked me to do a film there. I was already booked to come back here to start on the film Wonder Woman at the time, but because I, had, I was waiting for my passport, that's what I was. So I thought, okay, well, I don't know when my passport's going to come back, so I'll take on this film, which was Resident Evil. Shit film, but anyway. <laughs> I thought, they are shit. Yeah, yeah. they they're are all, really all shit. shit. <laughs> but and I, they're all like the final chapter, the final one, the final thought. <laughs> the final part, chapter, part final. Part it's like, just stop it, give up. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the biggest problem with this industry. They I've never keep... watched any of them. I watched snippets and I was like, no, just, They just keep really renewing sad. stuff. It's like, come up with some new ideas. Yeah. It's crazy. It was a game, wasn't it, originally? That's what, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. huge. Yeah. That's what I remember. Um, but yeah, it had some really nice stunts in it, some, some good fight things, scenes, and some nice motorbike stuff. So I thought, oh, why not, you know? Anyway, I did like a few weeks rehearsals. We developed the fights and did a little bit of motorbike stuff. And then we literally had first day of filming. We're supposed to start on the Monday, but for some reason they started on the Saturday. <clears throat> and it was in Johannesburg in Pretoria in South Africa. And they have really good weather there. It's mostly blue skies. So the whole next week, we're supposed to do this fight scene on top of a moving vehicle. Um, that whole week that we're going to do it, from the Monday to the Saturday, was sunny blue skies. But for some reason, that Saturday we started, the Saturday before, it was pouring with rain. Right. So it was gray skies and wet floors and everything. We couldn't do the fights on top of the vehicle because it's too dangerous. <clears throat> so they just asked me, can you do some motorbike stuff? Pretty random because the motorbike scenes follow the fights. So it's going to be the same bloody weather. Together. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, they got everyone there on the payroll. They don't want to really waste any time. So, so I just did some <clears throat> straightforward motorbike riding where I was... The, I was one side of the road, 800 meters straightish road. 
<clears throat> and on the other side, on the other side of the the other end of the road, coming towards me was a um, on the same road was a action vehicle, like a, like a quick a quick date vehicle, yeah. cameras and all that kind of it's stuff. It's for yeah. filming. Yeah. So it's an SUV with a huge crane yeah. on the top. They take they everything move in every direction. Yeah, and a camera on, on the end. So it's a huge piece of equipment. Um, so the, the how it was was the car comes towards me as I'm driving towards it, and the crane's off to the side of it with the camera at the end. And the camera starts on the floor, so zooming along the floor, and then as I come toward it, it's supposed to lift over the top of me, and it films over the top of my head. <clears throat> but long story short, the guys and there was not very good safety on set, and the guys in the vehicle just decided to do their own thing, cowboy style, and basically just drove the crane and camera into my face and my shoulder and just ripped my shoulder back like that so I resulted which resulted in a massive spinal cord injury on my neck and brain injury and almost internally bled to death and you name it the, the list is huge my amount of injuries you would need another podcast for that one I do. You, <laughs> just, you mentioned behind you were in a coma for three weeks right yeah, they put me in induced coma for three weeks because of my, I think my brain injury. So I had brain bleed and brain swelling. I've got a, still a brain injury now, but, um, and I had this, these, I think it's brachial artery, might, might be wrong, but these arteries here, they're all severed. So just bleeding. Apparently my shoulder was up here. When, when I, my sister was in the neighborhood, so they called her and she rushed to the hospital. And when she got to the hospital, she saw it. So rugby is a huge sport in South Africa. She saw, she was in, in there and it's a very special trauma ICU, that hospital, luckily. So somebody wheeled past a, on a bed. She saw them and then said to the nurse, where's my sister? And they said, there she is. But she thought I was a, a rugby guy because she said I was huge from right. like just internal swelling, from Jeez. bleeding. Can so you that, remember? Were you just like, did no, you just get hit and just got gone? I can't remember. I can remember everything from the day. And then I don't remember the, the incidents, but I can remember one second of seeing the top of the ambulance. And then I was just in a coma for three weeks. And you said you lost, you lost like 30 kilos, right, in those three weeks? Yeah, I was tiny when I came out. I remember even, so I was in a coma for three weeks, and then I had like another week where I was just lying, mm. looking up to the ceiling. And after maybe another week, they lifted the bed up. So I, could, so I saw my own legs. So my legs could still move. Then I lifted my leg up and my knee was the biggest part of my whole leg. And I had pretty small knees. I was, there was nothing to me really. But I had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to sit up. I had no muscles in my body to hold me up. And I'm, because of the brain injury, you just, it knocks everything out. So I had to learn, I was like a baby. I had to learn to sort of sit up on my own. And then I, when I could sit up, then I had to learn to stand up, I had to learn to walk. Yeah, it's a long process. It's unbelievable you survived that, right? Yeah, it is like, pretty crazy. Like to have that that level of something hitting you like that is yeah. crazy to survive that. And I have like one of the nerves that are injured in my spinal cord is right up here by the head. Right. I think it's C2 or something. And it's lit, this right above it, about that far away, is another nerve that goes for your heart and your lungs. So it's like that close probably to instant death. It's not very scientific, but 
And and these arteries here, obviously, as well, that are coming down here because it impacted your shoulder, right? So the the, the core. Yeah, well, those stopped all the blood flow to my arm, right? Which they were worrying about. But my arm, it, like every bone in my arm, was broken, and the the, the forearm bones, whatever you call them, can't remember. Radius and ulna, is it? They uh, were an open fracture, so they came through the skin, and there's like a bone of nine centimeters like that missing, just went missing. My thumb was missing. Oh my god! So that well, like couldn't find it. Just gone. Yeah, <sighs> pretty random. Then the the guy, a safety officer, found my thumb the next day <laughs> and put my thumb in. Like I found it. It's, it's it crazy. You shouldn't laugh, but it's just yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just sort of yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So they they were worried about the blood flow, um, but in but in the end, my everything here is um, paralyzed basically from here straight down the middle all the way down to my waist and the same at the back including my neck is all paralyzed really so my arm amputation was my own decision because right. i had this, this heavy limp arm yeah and then to replace the missing bone I, they wanted to take one of my leg lower leg bones I was like, no, yeah. you're not chopping the rest of my body. Yeah. And it's never going to work. So I can't even imagine the, all the after work and all the pain that must have been afterwards. Yeah. Going in constantly. It's a lot of work. Yeah. How, that, how many times did you go back to hospital to get stuff done? I was originally hospital and in hospital quite a few months. Right. And then I had we got an apartment like five minutes away. So I could be there and then I would just drive mm. in every day. But so many surgeries. And then eventually we could come back to the UK like four months later. And then uh, then I had constant surgeries here up until about two years ago. And now I would still have surgeries, but there's nothing they can do. Like this issue is really my worst problem. Right. My paralyzed neck, but there's nothing they can do. And I've tried everyone. Right. Yeah. Have you looked? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I so many things to talk about in terms of like, uh, you know, Neuralink are doing this. Have you seen what they're doing with people that have lost feeling in their arm mm. they're basically they're doing human implants this year that's what i just told you about with elon musk the, the Neuralink. oh yes yeah. but yeah about blind i thought it was mainly for blindness no no it's actually um it's actually people who have lost like oh, okay. arms and who have got uh who can't have got complete para paralysis so yeah yeah he's doing it the, and, and the main guy one of the main guys from there said it's 100 going to work um so that's kind of interesting right yeah I, w I wonder why i mean they can do heart transplant and brain transplant can't they uh, why wouldn't they not, be able to do a limb transplant yeah well the, the, this is basically to get any sensation you've got missing there's going to be between the nerve to the brain right the, the motor cortex oh, that link, yeah. yeah they can fix them they can do they're going to be able to do the um what's it called the one that goes to the retina that the adam's lost Blind, yeah, blindness. Yeah, but it, what's the the cord that goes to your eyes? God knows. Retina, yeah. You yeah, know, but there's a there's a there's a uh, basically what they've said is if you pull from the back of your retina, the <laughs> can't remember, I can't remember, my mind's gone blank. But it goes <laughs> to your brain, you know. The uh, I want to say. Is it the nerve? That it's the there? nerve. Yeah, yeah. But it, there's a specific name for it. But you can basically plug it back anywhere into the brain, and those neurons will reform around it, oh, right. and that will become your occipital lobe, which helps you see again. So you know they do. Yeah. Okay. Yes, the, the site they said they're going to fix that and yeah. not now Alzheimer's. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's kind of like quite a few stages where you're at. First of all, I don't know how you know I don't know how you survived, you know, yeah. actually alive. That's the first thing, um, and the second thing is like how you've you haven't recovered, but the fact that you're sitting here 
you know, you've just yeah. driven down on your own to London. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> and the fact that I've seen, you know, I was watching a little bit of the process and saw you back and forth hospital and then, and then saw you like on a horse. And I was like, it's crazy <laughs> yeah. how this woman is just like so strong. And I know you're, you know, I know you're independent and you're strong-minded and, you, and, you, and like I said, you were, you were a complete badass stunt woman before. You don't, <laughs> you don't sort of want anyone to feel sorry for you in that sense. But the fact that you're starting to do things that, just almost impossible. I don't, how, how, how is that possible? Well, I just wanted to get on. I didn't want to, I'm not someone to sit at home. And I didn't try and push it in the beginning. Like I did so much rehab stuff. I'm, I'm not a person for boring stuff. I hate like, you know, low level repetitive stuff. Yeah. <laughs> not for me. But in the beginning, no lies, I do three hours a day. We changed our motorbike um, garage into a physio gym, mm-hmm. very unsexy. And then I would spend like three hours a day and then I was very weak. So my mom had to come from South Africa so Dave could go back to work. And then we'd sit in there for like three hours just doing like repetitive um, rehab stuff, which is really boring. But if you don't, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be here where I am today. Yeah. Plus I've had like crazy amounts of support from really good osteos to you know, support of my friends and support of strangers donating money, like so much support. And the stunt community has been amazing. Yeah. Really, really good, especially the British stunt community yeah. and American. I d- obviously don't want to talk about blame, but, you know, the fact that those guys messed that drive up, What? What? how, how did that? How did they mess that up? Just the safety was bad and the budget was not there. Well, the set wasn't run very, the communication was really bad. Yeah. Um, which, as you guys know, is vital on the set, especially when there's stunts involved. And nobody knows what went on in the car, but, you know, we've been through the court case of negligence, and basically they just doofed up. You know, we got got video footage of the the rehearsal before, and that take, it was literally the second take on the first day, but they just did something completely different. They just lifted the camera at a totally different time. They started further back. Right. So did you already done a pre-run before? Yeah, we did some rehearsals. So in a stunt, like, it's not what people think. Like, they just think stunt people do just let's just go do crazy shit. But it's not that at all. Like, everything is worked out to be very safe, you know, step by step. It's all calculated every, every yeah. one millimeter yeah. of a rope changing the pressure. Yeah, so, you know, one metre distance in driving or slight different change in speed, like, that all makes a difference. Yeah. So we worked out where the safe distance and timing was, everything. And then on the take where the incident was, they moved back, like, two, three hundred metres. And then, which I didn't notice, but you can see on the video footage, I couldn't see from where I was. And then they just lifted the camera at the wrong time like right. it actually worked out the, they have specialists to look at all the footage and work it out they lifted the camera three seconds later right right which is obviously yeah. three seconds sure, too yeah. late yeah yeah so yeah. god knows why but i've heard about you know there's been some other stories i've heard of, especially in the stunt world um there was the guy in harry potter that got the wire pulled yeah it's they, my friend dave yeah they yeah. i think they snapped his spine yeah saying do it again do it again um well and, I, th- I don't know the details but i think yeah you got it's called a jerk back. And That's it. Yeah, got jerk back yeah. into a wall. Yeah, and I think he landed a bit high. I don't know the details of it. Yeah, and I, you know, there's other situations where they've said let's go again, and the stunt performer said no, or let's let's you know up the pressure, let's do it faster. Yeah, and it's like 
it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's it's so like it's so annoying and frustrating. I, I hate when people make mistakes on their you know their own sort of fault. But what like mm. how is? And you might not know the answer to this, but surely something's got to like change. Otherwise, it's like it's just it's just crazy. The fact that it's happening in the film industry and and people are even allowed to work again or they're able to just make these mistakes. Yeah. And like, it's not just like, oh, make a mistake, I've lost some money or I've lost... Do you know I mean? It's it's people's lives. Like, it's actually... There's something funny about the film industry. Like, in my incident, the people that have been deemed negligent by court, they just won. They just go back to work. Nothing yeah. changes. There's something about that that doesn't fall into normal law. God knows why. Yeah. So people don't really get held responsible yeah. Often what happens in these type of incidents is the producers end up paying up loads of money because they just want it to go away. Yeah. But nobody, again, gets held responsible. Yeah. Who did so they nobody got, learns. Didn't that guy just shoot someone on set and get away with it? He got away with it, right? I don't know what happened on no, the No, he's, he's actually just been... He's, he's been... Rest, he's, he's, he's deemed as... Um, uh, it's not... It's like something... Involuntary manslaughter. Involuntary, involuntary manslaughter. Oh, so he's going to get in trouble yeah, for he's, it. he's going to get in trouble, yeah. Right, Which, okay. It's kind of weird one, and the first AD is not is not being charged right. when he sh- he should have said check check yeah. the gun. Um, it's just I've heard you know over the years I've heard I mean it's not been you know many but I've heard a couple of stories and yours is you know top 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 of the case in that sense. And I, I agree with you. There's there's something weird about the film industry. Yeah. Even not uh, you know I'm sitting here slate lawyers and everything because it's just like it's almost a like it's almost like you can be a qualified lawyer, but you're not if you qualify if you were a qualified criminal lawyer or something else you know you have really specific you don't have a plumber turn up not knowing what they're doing you know it's, yeah. it's all these other specific injuries where someone turns up they should know what they're doing or a lawyer or accountant and there's just something about the film industry where it's just like it's just gung-ho it's a bit like oh yeah. well yeah i've done one thing i can do that or you know the guys on on your set could have just could have just not been trained or done anything and it's almost like that weird thing where people can just step into something and be given yeah. all this responsibility I think and, especially in countries like, because we were filming actually in South Africa. Right. So especially in countries like that, like there are skilled people, obviously, but it's not like, you know, in the UK, the health and safety is a massive part of life here. So it's a big part of every industry. And mm-hmm. obviously accidents happen here, but there's a lot more responsibility like that. Yeah. And they have the stunt register. So, you know, a lot of health and safety is um, put into that. And there's like a specific way that people train and, way that they climb up and you know yeah it's it's just it's just crazy but i think i think a lot of the time problems come pressure and timing let's go let's go we need the shot we need to do it today where you should actually say hang on Hmm. our pick point was from there the rigging now it's from there because of the camera angle so now we have to re-rehearse but they're like no let's go we don't have time we have to shoot this now it's that you just go the, for it. That thing in the industry, hurry up and wait. You know? Yeah. How, how fast were you going at the time on the bike? Well, I was going 70 right. kilometers an hour. Okay. okay. And remember, I've got no helmet. Yeah. 70 kilometers an hour, and they were going 50 kilometers an hour. Wow. So, so the that's imp- like impact velocity is like something yeah. the um, combined speed of 50. 120 yeah. kilometers an hour. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a miracle. It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's a miracle. It's crazy yeah. It really is. If someone, run, if someone run you over now 40, 40, 40, Into my 40 head. miles, you'd be, be dead. Gone, yeah. I yeah. remember like my dad's been a story that he was on, he always was loved bikes and uh, he he just, his foot was out at 100 miles an hour, same 100 kilometers an hour and he just hit, the, um, you know, something stationary and I remember seeing the, 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 the x-ray, everything had shattered 
and the guy, his friend had had the bottom of his leg just completely taken off. Oh, wow. So if you, I just can't believe that you hit it at that speed with no yeah. helmet. There was That's a friend, of, f- friend of a friend in London and he, he, I mean, he got hit in the head, but he leant down in a, in a road to pick up something by a pavement. And I think a car or something hit him at like 10, 15 miles per oh. hour. Gone. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just crazy. So yeah, yeah. it's amazing the, you survived. The doctors, yeah. the specialists at the time said it was basically, because it had so much impact here, but because I'd been a professional fighter for such a long time, I had like crazy back muscles and shoulder muscles. They said that stopped my arm from just coming off on impact. Right. And the fact that I was so internally healthy because I'd always been really into nutrition. Um, that saved me really. That's what they say. Yeah. And bit strong mind. Wow. Yeah. Well I, I mean I mean hope you don't mind me saying I think you look amazing. You know, you still look yeah. great. You don't <laughs> yeah. you don't look, you know, I think for people listening or watching, they're not gonna think she looks paralyzed because you you know you've still got saying this just before camera, you've still got your energy and your smile. And I think that's so yeah. important to be able to keep that keep that light because otherwise you could just be at home in bed, not moving and just, you know, yeah. and just doing nothing. And it's That's so, such a shit option though. It's such yeah. a shit option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like lots of people say I inspire them because uh, I didn't give up and just sit at home and get depressed. But I don't know. I always think, I don't know who would do that. Mm. I know it can happen, but it's such a shit option. Yeah. Mm. It's but, like, doesn't feel good at all. If you just, you know, sit at home, you feel depressed, you feel down. Like, I can't take that. I just want to, I just want to get back into life and do things. That's why I got back to horse riding. But I gave it time. I just went into the rehab and because my body was so damaged, I don't think I had any time to go into the mind depression stuff because yeah. all I was, I just have to get yeah. my body stronger because I yeah. was absolutely broken. So that was, in a way, was a savior. And then I was, after I started driving, like after I had my arm off and could, I could get back to physical stuff and started martial arts again and everything. And then I was driving down the road and I saw this little sign on the side of the road that said Grove Riding School. So I said, ooh, I like horses, I'll go in there. And then yeah, I asked him if I could start riding and he said, yeah, come along. So I started riding at the horse riding school and then a couple of years later, I got my own horse and now it's part of my life. Really. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're kickbo- you doing Muay Thai again as well now? No, not Muay Thai. Too brutal for my broken body. Yeah. But um, I saw you kick a pad. So I was seeing you kicking pads on one of the other videos, I think. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know. But probably like, it's probably, well, you can't really tell with pads, I guess. It could be any style. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do kickboxing now. Okay. Now, I'm on brown belts. So supposed to do my black belt, but it's a bit of a low maintenance time. <laughs> So all that work you did on your body in terms of like Muay Thai and everything really, really helped with the accident, right? Yeah, it helped me survive. Yeah. It helped my body from you know, not coming apart on the day, but also, yeah. yeah. It would have been a lot worse if you didn't have that background of the way, the shape you're in and the fitness and the nutrition. Yeah, well, according to the doctors, I'd be dead really. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, just, you know, with the, the incident and all that was wrong with me and then the drugs you have to be on to put you into an induced coma and all the drugs afterwards. Like that can all kill you if you're not healthy. Yeah. So it's taken seven years, but everything's good apart from this is paralyzed here and your arm, right? Everything yeah, else I've is Yeah, I've got really bad scoliosis. Okay. My worst problem is my neck. You see, I always have to hold my own head up. Okay. It doesn't hold itself up. Okay. Um, I've seen you actually, have you, you've had, you have to click your neck. Yeah, I get stuck, so I have to click it like that and always have to do that. 
so what happens? It just and then my stays. My arm gets really tired because I'm always having to hold my head up. Uh, Luckily, yeah. I got a really small head. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know. Like I know we spoke about it a bit before, but what's like, you know, I can't imagine. Obviously, go because you're, you know. Matt and I do some boxing, so it can relate to the to the kickboxing. And I, I think the good thing is that long term, you know, everything with all the technology, all the science, everything's going to improve. Um, yeah. But what what sort of like the mindset shift that you got got to go through in your head to like, you know, to really just get everything back on track? Is there like because is was it? Would you say it's the Buddhism? Is the was that since seven years ago? Or yeah. Is, no, I've been Buddhist for like twenty odd years okay. since I was. Well, when I was a teenager, I probably drift here, so just remember where I got to yeah, go yeah, to. Yeah. But when I was a teenager, I watched the movie Seven Years in Tibet. I had no idea about okay, Buddhism yeah. or Tibet because I just lived in the middle of nowhere in South Africa. And I was like, oh, that looks amazing. As soon as I saw the first scene of the actor Dalai Lama, who was a baby at the time, and they had this Tibetan trumpet, as soon as I heard that, I was like, something in me resonated like so strong and then I, I just decided I have to go there when I get big I have to go to Tibet but then when I got out of school I started we didn't have internet well much internet then so I used to go down to the local library I was in Cape Town modeling at the time so I used to spend my free time going down to the library and I used to study Buddhism and then started getting into it oh. and then realized because there's a Chinese uh, genocide of Tibet in the 50s, uh, late 50s. So they all moved out of Tibet. They all live in India. Um, so yeah, then I decided, okay, I'm going to go to India for a few years. So I saved up money modeling and then just took two years off and went to India to study oh, wow. Buddhism and traveled around oh, wow. Asia a bit. Yeah. So you specifically took that time off to go and study yeah. Buddhism? Oh, wow. Yeah. That was 20 years ago, right? Mm. Well, as, yeah, I became Buddhist 20 odd years ago okay. when I was 18. I'm 41 now. Okay. Three years ago. And did that help with um, everything from the accident? Did yeah, that well done for bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been a huge part of yeah. my, wow. you know, transformation to get past the injuries because, you know, it's hard mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's hard on everything. Yeah. You know, it's hard on your relationship. It's hard on your friendship. It's hard on your. It's hard on everything. It's a complete change of life. Yeah. But, no, but nothing in a good way. Right. So, yeah, it just takes a lot of patience. Yeah. Not having to be like, I, I don't want this. I want to get there. You just have to take day by day. Yeah. And work, you have to just be working on stuff all the time. It's 24-hour jobs still to the day. Yeah. To try and manage my body. Right. And you said you had a, you had a brain injury as well. So, you're yeah. just trying to, you know. Well, trying to meditate and work on things while yeah. your brain. I mean, mm -hmm. what actually happened with the brain? Because you, again, you, you seem really great. You seem more put together than us. Yeah, <laughs> you can't oh. tell, but it's getting better over the years. I think from all the meditation, it's, it's like you're, well, you're probably relearning stuff as well. In yeah. Sense. But, but what actually? What was the actual diagnosis with the brain? I mean, obviously, you've I can't remember. The, head, the, I can't remember the. Um, I have it written down if you really want to know, but I can't remember the um, medical terms right. from it. Yeah. Anyway. Something with the frontal cortex okay. could be wrong. Anyway, but do you not know what? It, get it wrong, what, so. what did, did it affect anything? Your memory or anything? Because you seem. Like well, I used to have. It's getting better over the years, but I used to have these what I just call brain freezes. They're actually um, fits, but they're silent. Okay. So that 
like it's like for me it's like your brain just goes on standby and I, I have enough brain to say hang on like I can't think of anything I can go just hang on I can't I'm on a standby now and I have to just sit and wait and just wow. wait for like a minute wow. and then it'll come back wow it's like everything just shuts down and then is that from is that from the trauma or is it a neuro neurological thing i don't know it's just some no it's just some neurological thing from the brain injury right but it is going away it used to happen even when i was meditating because i meditate an hour every morning when i wake up how does that feel for you what what like do you just go kind of when you say freeze just freeze like that or does something kind of do you feel tired does it slow you down what no i don't feel anything in my body i just it just stops right and but you have enough brain function to go oh i'm having a brain standby or whatever you want to call it yeah. but you can't do I'm it you can't do anything about it, it. Yeah. if you try and force a way out of it yeah. you can't get out okay and like a pra- brain paralysis for a second you know when yeah. you're asleep and you get paralyzed oh i haven't had that that sounds oh, I horrible get, i get it all the time i'm asleep and i asked to wake up and i'm awake and I, i'm whole body's paralyzed i had that the oh other day God. i had yeah. that the other day i woke yeah, up sleep paralysis i woke up and i just thought my brain's awake but i can't move couldn't move. Oh, I have. I had to like move my little toe like slowly and just oh, get my body horrible. back. That's horrible. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. Quite a lot of people get it apparently. I have. I've only had something similar. I have very low blood pressure. Okay. So whenever I have surgeries, I have, can, my blood pressure drops a lot. Right. And they only let you out of hospital when, when you're able to have a wee because it means enough medicines out of your body. Right. So often after like the day after the surgery you're not allowed to get out of your bed but i'm i'm so tired sorry it's toilet talk but i'm so tired of going to toilet in a bedpan in hospital like yeah. i did that for so many months it's, it's terrible and you got you got your legs up and you got somebody staring up at your face through your legs and like this is not private at all <laughs> so now i'm just like no you have to put me in a wheelchair and take me to the toilet they're not allowed but kind of make the nurses and then they sort of stand there and wait for you for ages. But a little while ago, a few years ago, I I was sitting on the toilet like 15 minutes. And you, your brain can't tell yourself to go for a wee. Right. So just sit and wait. And then she comes in to check on me. And then she turns a tap on to help you. Then she went out. And all of a sudden, I heard this like bang. So I thought, oh, my God, what's that? And then I suddenly thought, oh, shit, I've fallen off the toilet. Oh. So oh. there I am on this cold floor in the oh, hospital. No. Like, but I'm completely paralyzed, like you said. But my brain goes, oh, my God, I'm paralyzed. Yeah. But I could not wake up. I was, like, locked in my body. And my ass is out because I've got that hospital gown. So now I'm lying on the floor with my disposable panties on my knee and my ass out. But, yeah, I was just stuck there. And then after a while, it, like, sort of comes back. And then, yeah. I can't, I I'm, I'm just shocked that you made it and lived through it. Yeah. It's amazing. That's like probably the this the statistics of that. If that happens to like a thousand people, I couldn't. I'd probably like one person would live. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the complexity of the all the different injuries. Yeah. That's why there's not that now. There's not many surgeries that can do to help the problems that I have in my body because it's just not that often that they see it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. But I, there's so many technologies now that I'm reading about and different types of science that are coming out. Surely they're all going to be able to help, right? Do you, do you have that in your mind as like something over the next like 10 years, you're going to be able to make use of all these different... I don't know. I don't think it's in my lifetime. I think no? you know, in the future, they are doing amazing things. But when it comes to the brain and the spinal cord, 
they're so limited. Well, we had the doctors on the other day and they said no one wants to go near them. But, I mean, yeah, the they're very twitchy about it. The US and, yeah. and other places are, are sort of stepping near it. Yeah. No one really wants to go near it. Because it's, it's another it's world, too, isn't yeah. it? The brain and the spinal cord. It's almost got its, it's own like life. That, okay. that is you, right? <laughs> yeah, I, do want to, I don't want to go into it, but with Neuralink a little bit, like I've been, you know, reading up on them since they started, like quite closely and done a lot of reading on neurology and how the brain works. And obviously it's, you know, somebody said to me the other day, you know, we think we know a lot, but we actually can't even recreate a single cell. Like, for, like uh, biologically, yeah, yeah, we, we can't. Saw, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I would say is Google have started this thing. I think it's called Galactic, where they've got three or four million scientific papers together and they've put them through this ai engine they've put them through like a have you heard of chat gpt no it's this it's this artificial intelligence sort of engine that was released a few weeks ago and it's freaking the like tech and the science world oh out God, i think dave showed me a video it's insane yeah. yeah is it like a she looks like the one character on tv is it like a is it a woman no, no, that that's right. that might be uh, something called uh, Dali or Stable. This oh, okay. is this is text based. So basically, it's read all of the world's data, and you can ask it anything, and you can't tell that it's not a human. Oh, right. But you, or you can say, program me um, a website for Olivia, and it would just code all the and it and it's wow. like ninety five percent accurate. It's really accurate. I was, with, I was in the sauna yesterday with a guy. Of course you were. In the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the sort of, there was a guy there. <laughs> Let's get this right. Me and my friend, were talking, me and my friend were talking about it, and he said, he said, mate, he said, my kid's driving me mad. He said, my kid is using that chat GPT to, to do his exams. Oh, so you can actually use it? Yeah, yeah it's free. Yeah. Oh, wow. You can basically say, like, and they've got this other thing as well, like you said, called stable diffusion, where you can go, uh, stable diffusion, where you can just say, create this picture, and it creates this picture of anything you want, yeah. like really high quality as well. Wow. So the science is going towards like, yeah. if you say, can you fix my arm, you yeah. know, all the new neurology and all the kind of cells and everything, it'll kind of describe or just tell you how to do it. Yeah, wow. because in my, and this isn't like just like, I, I in my mind when I read these things, I'm thinking, okay, I'm same age as you, they're going to be available in our lifetime. Yeah. So this AI software basically, I think it will. So. <laughs> I mean, Ray Kurzweil said, like, who's, he's got most of his predictions right. He said by 2040, you know, there'll be, you know, the singularity and you have, yeah, there'll, be, there'll be. But basically, um, with, with the two things are, one is ChatGBT. The company that owns it is called OpenAI. And they, they've worked with Google. And I, I can't remember if it's 3 million or 32 million papers, scientific papers. They're fed into this thing. And it reads them all. And it builds models on how things could be fixed. So it could be simple things like um, it could be anything to do with the human body. Or now on the side of that, with Elo with Neuralink, they're doing human implants this week. They've already done primates. They've already done uh, an other animals, um, and they're saying or that muscles or limbs or, or so, body so it goes into the brain. It's four. I think it's four millimeters. I'm going to say four. I'm going to say I'm going to say a centimeter squared. I'm going to get all the numbers wrong. And the latest iteration has got three thousand two hundred laces. And they attach to the single neuron resolution level. So each one attaches to one neuron in the brain. Jesus. And yeah, and there's 82 billion neurons So in a human. So it's, there's a lot, long way to go. But they're selecting certain parts of grey matter and they're reading the data off successfully now. So my, my personal belief is being able to read that data off and then feeding it through something like OpenAI, who Elon Musk does. Also, he was one of the founders, actually, of OpenAI. He's pulled back. I think they're going to be able to fix so many things. So in my mind, I'm reliant on that as yeah. I'm, when I, like, obviously I'm young now, but when I get to sort of a bit older, I'm thinking that this is going to be used to reverse aging or to fix things. That, yeah. That's how my mind thinks. So. Well, I'm sure it will. But there's also a thing where you have the brain, but you also have, a, have the physical part. So like in my instance, 
they would they be able to fix the arm because there's no nerves that go into my arm. Yeah, well, they're re they're replacing them. They've oh, got... you have to still replace the physical part. You can, yeah, yeah. So they can replace all the nerves to get all the sent all the all the bit that's paralyzed. I think you said from here right up to the up to here, right? So you essentially, I don't want to speak for them, but you know, I, I asked Adam to go on the they waiting list. Our them. friend has uh, lost his sight, and um, we we've asked him to go on the waiting list because I opened up the waiting list about a month ago. All oh, right. Um, so yeah, so it's, you could get all the feeling back there, and they're saying they're definitely going to fix. People that have lost all the sensation in their legs and arms. So, it's but is that like replacing amazing. the nerves and then and then reconnecting it to the brain? Well, there, what... there's a number of different ways. So, have you lost what? What have you lost all the nerves here? Well, they're not. The nerves are there. They're yeah. damaged. They're there, but they don't plug into my spinal cord. They're ripped out of my spinal. Completely cord. ripped out. Yeah, like by the root. Wow. So there's no link. Yeah. To my brain. Yeah. Uh, I think they're all damaged anyway. Yeah. Like. Elastic, like overstretched elastic, and they break yeah. and stuff. But optic nerve—that's the one. They've 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 created. We're using a number of different materials that have recreated the optic nerve, which is the brain that go the you know goes from here to the brain, yeah. the wire. So they would yeah essentially be able to replace those nerves right. with this you know synthetic wire to get all of that back. Yeah, that's so. amazing. Weird question: Would you look at stuff like that, or are you kind of like you've been through everything? You're happy enough where you are now. I mean, if I knew something was definitely being used, I would definitely kind of look into it. Yeah. So with this, is a fifteen-minute operation. You stay awake because you know there's, you can yeah. you can't feel your brain basically with the operation. Oh, yeah. And it's all done by a robot, and it's a it's a nano Yeah. Uh, but it's it's better. This is the thing, right? It's like a nanofabrication robot, so it can move at nanoscale. So when you breathe and it misses, because oh, yeah, your human hand can't be that tiny. Yeah, exactly. I saw. I saw. Um, you might have seen this. We've gone way into science now, but I saw the robot <laughs> the other day, and he he did an operation on a banana. Right. And it's just like what he did on that banana, how he dissected each each basically element of, of a banana. He said no human can ever do. So I do I do believe in that. I, yeah. I I'm kind of in the middle. I think I think you think it's like right around the corner. I you said it's probably well, a bit in the I, future. I think it's like in the middle, ten yeah. years maybe. So I suppose ten, it depends 10, years. what it is. But I've always found, like my husband Dave was so adamant in the beginning, like we're going to fix things, we're going to do this, and he'd come up with. He loves the internet and looking into all these things and podcasts and documentaries and stuff. Come up with all these. Oh, let's go to see this guy. They've done this and this person's done that. But when you read, in my case anyway, and really looked into it, it's like very specific, and they'll bring out this like. Um, AR arm, you know, on, a, on the internet. But if you look into it and you speak to the doctors and everything, it's like got such a big story behind yeah. it and you're so useful. But when you speak to the professionals, they're like, well, this is only in this case and so only have this situation and and actually you have to do this and this and this and it yeah. took them two years to learn how to use it. And There's blah, not blah, enough, blah. There's not enough Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the beginning, I guess. Yeah. You know, if they, yeah. that's where they start and then eventually become easier and more user-friendly and yeah. more commonly used and everything. And that's so. the uh, last thing I'll say is like with the, because I'll rant on about it forever, but the, <laughs> what they're saying about with um, this AI, and I, and I used to program a lot as, as it's uh, sort of my background. And what they're saying with this AI is, it's the first one that actually recreates new information and new new rules, new ideas in, in a way. So my, my belief, is, well, Ray Kurzweil said that once we hit this level of AI, the future is going to go so quick that we won't even be able to comprehend it. So yeah. that's, and I think that's kind of around the corner in the next few years. Yeah, well, like ChatGPT, I think Facebook took a, a year to get a million users. Pinterest took like five months to get a million users. ChatGPT got a million users in like three or four days. So I think, yeah, it's going to grow really quickly. But no, it's just I mean, that stuff's incredible. But to be honest, I would love to go back 
to a world where there's no phones, no internet. I love my movies in the series, so maybe keep those. Yeah. But like, I would prefer to live in the middle of nowhere in the mountains yeah. with a river and some horses. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Some animals. Yeah. Like nothing else. Yeah. That's the world I like. I'd love that as well. And are you still practicing Buddhism? Is that like, I know you'll do the meditation yeah. every day. What else do you have to do for it? To like practice it on a day? Like, is there any? Well, everyone's different. Depends on how much you're into it. But I used, so up until this year, I'd have four retreats a year. Okay. But this year, I think I have three. So it's like a week. It's normally down in Dartmoor. I love Dartmoor. It's so cool. Um, there with my Buddhist teacher, Rob Priest. Um, and we have a week's meditation. It's silent meditation, so there's no talking. And you just delve deep into like whatever practice that is going on, on that week. It must be so good for your brain as well. You talked about, you know, yeah. how things are starting to get better with your with your brain. And that that's such a, you know, educational in that sense to, to kind of yeah. keep the brain working in the right ways. It's, it's so, um, you know, it's, it's weird sitting here, like listening to how incredible your story is. And it's, it's kind of like, it's a bit annoying and frustrating in the sense that, you know, it's these people that made these mistakes. And I know you, you went to, you went to court and you did all this stuff that must've been completely exhausting and draining yeah. and mentally just crazy. And the fact that, you know, I read earlier in one of the articles that, you know, they went back into work and they were all working on the same film set a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, disgusting. I mean, you know, not- Like two not... years afterwards, same crew, yeah. same producers, mm. same actors, same stunt people, same, 80s the whole lot that's crazy it's just and it's like it's like the biggest problem with the world I, I you know the fact that people can just do something make you know do something really bad and wrong and mistakes and all this kind of stuff and then just kind of go back to normal yeah. so there's nothing not knowing like how you're affected and and i don't sort of want to bring back up the the court case and stuff but what was that like what did that what was that like for you and obviously you know did you did you get paid out something? How was it? Like, what, what actually happened? Because I know that, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just infuriating well, we still, just thinking about it. The court stuff is still going on now. Right. So we've been to court about the negligence, which they were 100% negligent. But like producers and st- that side of things, that everybody got away with it. It's crazy because even though they've been proved negligent. Because you won the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. As far as negligence, but they, they don't get held liable. It's a really long, complicated story. But in South Africa, it's not law that you have to have insurance of any sort, car, right. okay, business okay. or anything. Really? I didn't so, know that. Yeah, it's not like here. Okay. So they, these producers, the main productions from Germany, Constantine Films, they go to produce in South Africa. It's not by law. By law of my contract with them, they have to have liability insurance. Yeah. So they... That is in the contract, and they're supposed to have liability insurance. You would th- you think that all films producing in the world have that because if something goes wrong, you'll be held liable. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have liability insurance. We should have both public liability and employees' liability as well. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't have anything. They lied. They had it, but it specifically says in, in bold italics, this does not, not for car, this does not cover key cost key crew and cost right so there wasn't anything for anyone on set it was like office workers or something but in uh what was i saying now um but the court case the them being 
I think they were held reliable, but they couldn't. They couldn't. They, there's not. There's nothing there to because the insurance aspect with South Africa. Yeah. So they. So our. We wanted to sue them, but everybody that we held liable, which is the stunt coordinator, because he didn't coordinate the stunts, he just left the others up to do whatever they want. The action vehicles guys, because they just went cowboy and drove it into my head, and then the film set, which producers are responsible for, because there's no communication, it's a really badly run set. All of them, because they were in South Africa, they hid behind this law that is for the from the government that says anyone in South Africa, because they don't have to have car insurance, anyone in South Africa, if you get in a vehicle accident of any sort, tractor, car, or anything, um, they can take, they, it's a form of indemnity for the person responsible and they'll take over the case. Right. So if two people have a crash or a tractor and a car have a crash and then the tractor guy doesn't have insurance, they will indemnify the guy responsible and take over the case. So it's helping people that don't have insurance mm -hmm. to help them with money. But in my case, they use that law to say, oh, this has got nothing to do with this. This is road accident fund purely because we were in vehicles. Right. It's got nothing to do with being in vehicles. It's got yeah. to do with the badly run set. But That's because crazy. they didn't have the indemnity insurance, we could go around that and sue the producers still. But I don't, I don't know if it's all films, but many films are run in shell companies. Mm -hmm. So they have no assets. Yeah. So we could sue a company, but there's nothing in there. Right. It's a name on paper, really. Yeah, it's. So, it, I mean, it's how majority of independent films are run. I mean, normally you set up a, a new company to kind of protect the rights, so you don't. You know, if I if I've got Camelot films, I wouldn't make films in the Camelot because if one film was bad, yeah, and flopped, then it would affect the whole, whole oh, company. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's it's a it's a wrong thing to do, really, because you should be held liable. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with this in any, any other business, and that's the like, it's the really sort of upsetting bit is that there's not. There's kind of like the law and then there's like, there should be like a human aspect where yeah. someone should just go, well, wait there. This is completely wrong. Yeah. You're, you're, you're to blame and you Never should be responsible for that. that. Never mind, yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar franchise. franchise that yeah. movie alone, like, had a 300 plus million At the box profit. office, yeah. Like, yeah. they earned a lot of money from it, you know. Yeah. And, Yeah. They just, they offered me a small amount after having a meeting with them, but it was a pathetic amount, which came with the ND agreement, like yay long. So I was like, Can you no say how much it was or not? It was $450,000, which is, yeah. with my problems and surgeries yeah. and stuff, it's going to go nowhere in a year or so. Yeah. And the fact that you can't. I mean, and then I, I can't it, even talk about it. I can't even mention you can't work, now. You can't work, you know, you yeah. can't be a stunt performer again. If people yeah. know, I mean, I believe in karma, right? I'm sure that's part of Buddhist. I know it's in Indonesia, a big part of the religion's karma. Yeah. If people know about what happened, I can't see anybody going to watch another one of the films that those guys are making. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And people be, are so shallow, aren't they? They just miss it. it just, you know, just, the, like I said, the story was huge. Yeah. LA Times and loads of journalists did loads of story on it. But like Olivia said, two years later, Who's looking at who's looking yeah, at going well? Actually, crazy. they're all together on a film set again. That shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Is there not like a producer or something that when you sit in a room with him, there he's not like, hold on, we've got to fix this? Well, that's what we thought. We thought like they would, they're human. They've got children. Yeah. And families and people that they love and love them. Like, surely compassion comes into yeah. it somehow. They've probably gone to a different not location. Not shit. When really? it comes down to giving some money, money. Yeah. oh boy. Yeah. You, and they've probably just started out. a new film in a different location. Yeah. You know, just. 
it's the same as in a really extreme way. It's the same as the Harvey Weinstein thing. You know, something big has got to happen for, for something to change. Yeah. And Harvey Weinstein, God, I, I heard about Harvey Weinstein's story 10 years ago, yeah. 12 years ago. Everyone's just saying, yeah, he's, 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 he's a pervert. He does this, he does that. You, you know. And, but then and, again, and just would be like, it why didn't anyone you... say anything? <laughs> yeah, I know. Get away with it so long. So yeah. it's like, it's almost like something like your story's got to come along for, for a big change to happen. And oh God, I'm, I'd love to disrupt the film industry because it, it, but it is so hard. Because <laughs> anyway. The Weinstein story was huge. But some little while ago, we were watching a film and it came on Weinstein Productions, whatever it's called. And we're like, oh, and I was like, yeah, but I really want to watch the film. Do you know what I mean? It's like, does it actually stop people? I don't think yeah. so. It's yeah. If you knew the story behind every producer and director, you'd probably have to stop watching a lot of films. Yeah, I remember hearing that about like all art. If you look behind most artists, there's some fucked up thing that's gone on. Yeah. yeah. And like, do you just boycott it or do you say, do you know what? That's a different. That's yeah. A different yeah. You know what, I mean? what has to happen for something to change or someone someone to be yeah. held responsible? Because it's just like it's just it's just crazy the fact that these yeah. people the fact these people even out there just still like. You know, let alone working, you should have got, you know, not not the money's going to mean anything. But you should have yeah. got millions and millions, and they should have offered yeah. you, you know, so many millions. And it's just like who, who it's died crazy. in a helicopter as well. Someone died in a helicopter on film. Oh set. yeah, that was a Welsh um, camera in guy. China. Right. Yeah. That one. Yeah, it was yeah. a Welsh Welsh camera guy. Um, I remember that. And you know, there's other stories like I mentioned with the with the guy that got his spine snapped on Harry Potter, and there's a few other instances. And it's kind of like I think Sylvester Stallone. On Expendables, I think like two people died on that film. Really? Yeah, yeah. to tie people, they blew up. Blew up in a, in, in a boat. In water. Yeah, scene. and they carried on filming. Yes. They carried on filming straight away, apparently. But, really? Yeah. yeah One guy blew the... up, and then it happened again. Yeah. And it's like, shut, yeah. shut the thing down. It's crazy. Like, isn't it? Money doesn't matter. It's like, no. it's just mental. Just no, yeah. you know. Sad. No care. Like you said, when money comes into play, everything just kind of... But the amount of stunts that they do, like every day across the world, there's... There's hundreds or thousands of stunts happening all the time. You know, they're supposed to be safe. They're supposed to look dangerous or not not be dangerous in the slightest. Yeah. So out of all those, I don't think it's a huge percentage that accidents happen. So it is quite small, I'd say. Yeah. Although it does still happen. Yeah. But that can happen anywhere, I guess. It's still not really an excuse. Like people should put everything in place to try to prevent it. But yeah. What's happening now is because there's so much stuff coming out. You know, you've got Netflix, Amazon, you know, Sky, Paramount. More content. Blah, blah. It's like never, yeah. Apple, it's never ending. There's yeah. just an explosion of things being produced. Yeah. But there's not enough skilled, experienced yep. people to work on, you know, from from ADs to stunt performers to, to directors, everything. There's not enough skilled experienced people yeah. so they're going to these cheaper countries to produce like south africa yeah. or bulgaria or wherever yeah. where there are skilled people but there's also a lot of there's not enough skilled people so they just take people and it's getting a little bit more dangerous that way and we i mean we had we went through the same thing with price fire and covid you know we 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 had to if we were looking for second or third ad's we had to hire like pas and try and train them because there was just no one yeah it's like you can't have a booming industry that's producing more content content than ever, spending more money than ever, but then lack in the foundation of education yeah. or, you know, it's like it's like inflation going way up, but you're not earning the right amount of money to match the economy. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing with the film industry. And there's so many things that, you know, should change in the film industry because it's, it's an important part of people's lives. You said yourself, yeah. you, love, you love watching TV and films and it's yeah. like, 
it's um it's crazy um yeah i mean i don't know it's um it's bonkers yeah um, it is a crazy world i did love it though it's good fun it's still a big part of my life because dave my husband is still a stunt man oh yeah. really so i still see a lot of stunt performers and in, in contact and you know you have all the bullshits about films yeah. I see. You said you got a potty mouth. You haven't had one this day. Yeah, I've been good. <laughs> really good. It's because I've been around my nephews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep your mouth quiet. Yeah. And I've said it before. Like with the stunt, she was she was at the top of her game. Like used to used to hear about. Oh, Olivia's doing this stunt. Or Olivia's doing that. Like it was proper. She was like. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. But no. there you go. So well, well, yeah, yeah, you did. Tell, you did tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, you. You know. You're incredible. I mean, you're still incredible. But it's. Um, it's, it's just crazy that. You know the accidents happened, and you know. It's what's really nice to see is that you've you've still got this life and you're still smiling and and you're still, you know, you still get on with it. And like you said, you're not you're not looking at it as as like a sob story. You're kind of pushing forward and enjoying your life. And the fact that you're waking up and you know when you said you're cleaning the house and doing horse riding, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, you just have to, don't you? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you can only do it yourself, I guess. And yeah, you just got to do it. I guess the way I'm born up, brought up and where I've always been in my life, like, you just got to do it yourself. Like, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy family. As soon as I was 18, I finished school. I moved out on my own to Cape Town to start modeling. Like, I had to do everything on my own, everything. Like, I've never held, had any kind of helping hand. So I guess in that way, it's helped me a lot because I just have to get on with things you know yeah. i was gonna ask that is there something that's like rooted into your like childhood or somewhere that takes you back where you go ah that's how i became that type of person and, and strong-minded or i think or, so like when i was a child i was always in the dirt i love still now being in the dirt I even soil in my hands yeah. like i don't like even as a stunt performer i don't mind getting dirty and like working really hard and i guess growing up in south africa it's like life is harder there, you know, so you just have to get on with it. Yeah. So it's, it makes you slightly tougher in a way. Yeah. Any, like we always say, like from and when it's a poorer country, like I live in Mexico six months of the year, or we just did a long trip around Eastern Europe for a month. People there have just got such a different mindset. Yeah. They're so much tougher, you yeah. know, because here everyone's wrapped in cotton. If you're in New York or London, everyone's wrapped in cotton wool. Yeah. You've got everything so easy. Which is lovely. It's nice. But... Yeah. But I, I actually, I like, as I'm, sort of um, growing up, I guess, I like to put myself into the other situations where it's a bit, and I always think, I always think like a couple of my friends actually, I, I had a skiing accident where I sort of knocked myself out and felt really weird for about six months from the concussion. And a friend of mine did like a big jump. And as he, he didn't go fast enough and he landed on the, the knuckle of this black jump and, you know, on his thing and he's completely, you know, paralyzed. Oh, know. And it's like, you, you see it, every time you go and you do something, you know, there's a risk. It's like when yeah. you were doing it, when you were driving, when I'm and and I'm, I would say now, you, you at forty, you either go one or two ways, right? You say right, I'm gonna do more motocross, you do more. No, we we do quite a bit of boxing, and I tie box and I love, but I'm actually doing less now of the of the um, sort of the skiing and the jumps, extreme. Because I saw, my, yeah, I saw my friends like, okay, that's this it's it's pretty heavy, isn't it? What yeah. happened? Like, because he's completely different now. Like, to, if really I'm just sitting sad. talking to you, it's yeah, I wouldn't know much different, right? But he literally can't do anything, you know, toilet. It's really awful. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing to understand your mindset more and yeah. see how you you know help help other people get through it. I think. Yeah, I mean that's a really different situation if you can't move from the head down. I yeah. have some friends like that, and 
just awful. Yeah. Bless him. It's not nice at all. It's a lot harder than my situation. Yeah. At least I can walk around even if it's not far, it's painful. Yeah. Is there anything people can do to help in terms of the, the court case or the, 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 the production company where they're not helping? Is there anything that we pushed or swayed in that direction to help? Nothing that I can think of. Okay. No, just never watch any Constantine films, movies would be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or Resident Evil. Okay. Yeah, or Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. What, have you got like a, a plan for the future lined up? I mean, I've said you, I said to you before, you write this, you should have your own podcast or you should do this. Like, is there anything that you're, are you, are you in a, are you in a good position where you're kind of just content and, you know, you've got your husband, you've got your house and you're, you're doing a routine, which is really, I really want to get back into a routine because it's, 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 it's super important. Good, but you but can't be too rigid. Yeah. You have to be flexible. It's weird. We, we, and we haven't had a routine for ages. So I'm, I'm enjoying the idea of a routine at the moment, but is there anything that you go, oh, I want to do that. Or maybe I want to step back on a film set or maybe I want to obviously the horse riding is crazy I, I was just thinking about how you horse ride and if you because I've horse ridden it and when you're jumping up and down that must be like crazy for your spine well sometimes yeah. it, it's actually not so bad like walking for me is the worst right. I can't walk very far because um, I have to hold myself up in gravity and that's horrible but somehow horse riding is alright because okay, yeah. you yeah. lose a lot of your core and I still got good core muscles and it's strengthening your legs as well that's, that's yeah and you don't use your body's very soft you have to have independent legs and arms to your trunk yeah. and you, it's everything's very soft. Although there's a safety thing with horses, you know, it's a very been a long road for me to find the right horse. Yeah. Because when people can tell the horse what to do, communicate through the hands in a certain way, I can't do that. Right. The way I have to ride is with a specifically made rein, which is rigid and it's confusing for the horse. They don't understand it or in a bad situation, I can't control them or. So that's been a hard road. It's such a special personality you have to build with a horse. Yeah. It, it's But it is amazing. I have this really lovely boy at the moment, Mr. Chatsworth, I call him. <laughs> His name's Chatty. Right. But he's quite a big horse, but he's so lovely. He's just really like a nice mix of being very sporty and he's great, great at jumping and great at dressage and everything. But he's also very chilled. Yeah. Okay. So he's like the safer type. Right. But there's always that risk, obviously, with horses. But I think I'd rather die falling off a horse than live a long time on my couch. <laughs> yeah. That is just not a life for me. Yeah, that's an interesting so, quote, yeah. I, I would really love to have passion in tennis or something. That would be amazing because yeah. it would be so much safer, so much cheaper. <laughs> but I just that isn't my thing. So I have yeah. to just go with... Like, a huge part of my drive and everything, my whole life has been passion. Whatever I'm passionate about, I'll put a 100% effort. And I'm like so dedicated and I've got so, it's so linear. I'm like that is where I'm going. I'm going, just don't care what people say. That is what I'm doing. Yeah. But it's driven by passion and that comes naturally. You know, It's nothing that makes me think, oh, I want to horse ride because it's a really bad option for me. But I love it. So it's what I do. Same with motocross, I just found passion. It's so it like same with Muay Thai. So same with Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. And you're defying the odds because you're just you're doing these things. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's incredible. That's amazing. That's so inspirational. I love listening to you. It's great. <laughs> 
It's yeah. I feel bad with your. Are, you, are we holding you with your neck? No, it's fine. It's always like that. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. 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 She does in a very glamorous way. So yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Lots of people think like, yeah. I'm on the phone. Like I'll walk past somebody like this. It's crazy. Yeah, and then like, they start talking to me like, oh, okay, yeah. no, sorry. I'm like, no, I'm not on the phone. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, um, yeah. you know, we've taken up way more of your time, so thank you so much for coming in and talking it's to us. Pleasure to be here. Such nice a such an guys. inspirational thought story, and um, <laughs> you know go on to do everything you you want to you want to do and desire it's amazing yeah thank you so much oh thank you so much olivia thank you guys thank you